Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, I, I've got a favor to ask of you, and it goes like this. You know, there's probably some people that you know who don't listen to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, you could turn them into a subscriber if you just reached out to them and said, hey, you know, you should listen to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, and you should become a subscriber. What do you think? Do you know somebody? You know, you got that family member, you've got that colleague, you've got that uh, next-door neighbor, hmm? I'm sure there's somebody that you could reach out to and say, have you listened to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, and better yet, subscribe to it? Well, you should, and here's how you find it. That'd be awesome if you would share it with somebody today. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Maka Carthizer is an immigrant from the country of Georgia. Join us as we talk about her latest book, A Soul Divided, Memoir of a Modern Immigrant. She shares with us about her journey, finding herself, and raising her sons in the U.S., and so much more. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. A child of the dark years of the Soviet Union, Maka Karthizer came to America in the 1990s. By 2004, she made the USA her permanent home and relocated her three boys to Chicago. For many years, she felt torn between two continents, seemingly worlds apart. How did she find her sense of place and purpose? What did she come to love about America? How does she find comfort in memories of the unique culture of the former Soviet Republic of Georgia? Maka invites us into her life to love, cry, fear, and hope alongside her in a new poignant and touching book, A Soul Divided, Memoir of a Modern Immigrant. It's her fourth book, and it reveals life in the Soviet Union and America through the eyes of a courageous, inspiring woman. Maka, thanks for joining us today. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, Stephen. Thank you for being interested for my book. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm very interested, and, and I'm looking forward to this conversation today. So, uh, um, so let's start a little bit in this, this place. Let's, could you tell us a little bit about your family heritage and, and the culture that you came from from Georgia? Well, uh, I'm a Georgian. Origin country is a Georgia, Republic of Georgia, which is former Soviet uh, Republic. And uh, as coming in the United States, many of Americans would be confused in the beginning. They would ask me if I'm from state Georgia. And I had to always make sure, no, this is country Georgia. It sounds same and it even spells same. Origin of the name is connected to the land because Georgia is an uh, agriculture country and connected with Greek um, pronunciation, which is Georgia, Geo meaning land. Georgia is a very old country, uh, traced back to before many thousands of years, uh, BC, of course, before Christ, and uh, um, has a unique location. It's located in Caucasian mountain region, 
uh, north border of Georgia is Caucasian mountain, which divides from Russia. South of um, Georgia is, is Turkey, and west side we have Black Sea. Uh, it makes center point of Europe and Asian and architectural and educational um, wise uh, we are belonging to Europe. We are Europe. Uh, Georgia has old history. Uh, we have our own alphabet traced to back of before Christ again many thousands of years ago and it's only Georgians write and uh, speak on this uh, language. Um, my family uh, we were, you know, born and raised in Georgia. My dad is a writer also. He's been author of 12 books and his uh, point of interest is uh, repress uh, repressed uh, so Georgian writers. Well, these are the writers who was Soviet system was trying to take away all these intelligent people. And my dad only had chance to write about this after Soviet Union collapsed. So this is short about us. Uh, awesome. I appreciate it. And, you know, the, uh, um, it, you know, you, you lived in Georgia when it was part, like you said, part of the Soviet Union. Could you talk a little bit about what it was like liver, living under the, the communist rule? Yes, yeah, so as I mentioned about my dad, um, we all Georgian people, as all Soviet Union people, were uh, damaged at some point by Soviet system because the um, beginning of Soviet uh, regime was, any, for anyone is known already, very bloody, and um, especially in 1937, uh, but eventually, over time, when I was born personally, which is 70s, 80s, and, and leading to 90s, life was becoming much better. Although uh, mentality was very much uh, defined by previous fear in a, our parents' generation. And as well, we, had, we were always saying there was framed thinking or framed, you could say everything should be in a frame because it was limited. We would not be able to say something against Communist Party. Religion was um, forbidden, even though there were some religion um, uh, churches. And I should say Georgia is one of the oldest Orthodox Christian country, but officially we were not able to go to church and say we believe in God. And um, freedom, like, Freedom thinking uh, generation, like more of a 70s uh, children and 80s children, they had some more of a free ideas, but everything was limited or forbidden. And because of that, many um, smart, very like intelligent, even young people were victims of that. Uh, although this was not officially, but it's still my personal story of this limitation is connected that my brother would probably had some free ideas when we were by um, i also write this in a book of soul divided that uh, that's what i'm sharing in the book experiences from my personal stories uh, we found um, for example we found these magazines called america you know, about america and it was in russian language 
and we were surprised how we would even we had that but uh, it was uh, from my uncle and then my dad was hiding somewhere in the uh, like shelves and this magazine even though it was russian um, and it was forbidden but it still was translated for for some you know levels of people i guess and um, it was sharing about way living was in america and it was very exciting for my brother and me as well and for example when we were about 14 15 we had thanksgiving dinner at home or we had christmas um, dinner at home and christmas music played but my parents were very scared of that because they remembered communist regime uh, forbidding uh, rules and they would be always very afraid. Also, I have a memory how going in church, I was wearing cross behind of my dress, but also it was limited because they did not wanted us to have some more of a other ideas than just being very good communists, future communists. Gotcha. That, uh, yeah, I, I cannot... Uh... I mean, I just can't imagine, especially a lot of people today, especially in, in our country, in the U.S., struggling to understand what uh, your families were afraid of and uh, not being able to show the cross or not being able to celebrate uh, those holidays and such. Just for example, my brother, age of 15, he had the idea, why can't we just buy a ticket and fly, for example, different countries just freely, like it is today. But that time we could not. So my parents were so scared of hearing even these thoughts from my brothers. They were like, quietly, even though nobody was listening, quietly, don't say that, don't say that. That's wow. how the parents' generation's mind was very defined, the previously damaging experiences. Wow, wow. The, so, so how did you end up coming to America from the Soviet Union? That's very interesting. Uh, so um, when we were, me and my brother, growing to the point where you are becoming student and then you have to go to college because education was very supported in so Georgia. Um, and um, my brother, a linguist in English language, in 1989, still Soviet Union, but already was Cold War becoming warmer relationships between Soviet Union and Russia, um, United States. Uh, and my brother one day comes from university and he says, well, I'm going to study in the United States. Appears he won competition for first ever between Soviet Union and uh, Soviet Georgia and United States education exchange program. Of course, my family was very scared before they would know more information because they thought, oh my God, our son has some dissident ideas. Eventually he came to study um, with exchange program, which led him to come back to do master's degree and end up to staying for a while. And uh, meanwhile, Soviet system collapses in back to Soviet Union. And I am becoming mother of um, 
three children and struggling with my personal marriage or uh, physical survival because really quick everything became as a physical survival. In uh, 1997, my son got burn injuries, which led my brother going to Columbus, Ohio State University, connect uh, Cincinnati uh, Burned in Institute of Shriners. Even though Georgian doctors did very good medi medical treatments to my son, we still were, were hoping maybe there would be some better hope for scars to disappear. Eventually, that was my first original trip to the United States. After two months, when I left from United States, uh, this is again a struggling period of time ago in Georgia. People uh, have no jobs. There is no money. There is no um, conditions available. And I thought, well, in search of myself or maybe search of improvement, I came first time again um, for the, myself alone. And that's when my travels between two continents began. I would be going after six months living United States. After six months being in Georgia, I realized that I was met with rejection. Everybody thought, oh, you think you are in America? If you have some, some interesting idea, everybody put me limits on my thoughts because Georgian people, again, we need to remember Men, scared mentality and limited mentality. Although personally, Georgian character is very free spirited. So it was kind of like battle of free spirited naturally, but fear. So fear was always defining our free thoughts. So I, because of that, probably my inner search was going back to United States, living again, to back to Georgia and eventually in 2004 I brought my three sons here and we start living here. Excellent it, you know and it one of the things I want to make sure you've you know we're going to be talking about your book and I want to make sure I use this kind of as a, a good place to, to, to get into it um, a little bit of description of it you, you know the book is and it's actually your fourth and it, it's called A Soul Divided Memoir of a Modern Immigrant. Why'd you write the book? Again, traveling between two continents, two mentality, two reality, two different values, materialistic values and very spiritual values, put my personality and my personal uh, characteristic and thought process into big uh, challenge. Where am, why am I here? Where do I belong? Why am I coming here? American people would meet me with questions. How did you end up here? Why even later, why did you bring your boys here? Where is Georgia? Going back to Georgia, people would blame me for leaving my country, betraying my country. Why did you leave your country? So these questions especially became very hard when I married American husband. And then when cult surviving Physical survival turned into emotional survival when personal emotions and values became into struggle. So out of anger, probably, 
because it was confusing times and that uh, kind of led to me feel I was lost. Where do I belong? Why really I'm here? Why did I end up bringing my sons here? So those questions led me to write the book. First was answering these questions. I can I can only imagine the the difficulty there because you you kind of lost between two places where there would be family and friends who are not exactly happy with you, <laughs> you saying goodbye yeah. and and then um, the new world where uh, you know you got to try and find those friends and people who would really say you know, welcome instead of uh, the opposite and yeah in your book Soul Divided you know and you've kind of touched on this you speak of you know finding yourself. You know, and you can really feel the sense of how you could lose your sense of identity. How, how did you regain it? I mean, what? Um, again, uh, probably the place we are growing up and family values and strong relationships probably helped me to be the strong person I become eventually because it could be very easy to really lo- lose yourself and really become kind of your colors can be faded very easily. But my strong sense of who I am and keeping connection with my father's values, my country's values, my personality values, helped me to find my back myself and helping to give my sons identity, who they are, not losing Georgian identity and also finding the best values and best qualities in the United States and combining this best of both cultures together. Nice, very nice. The, yeah, let's talk a little bit about raising your sons um, and being a single mom in the U.S. What, what was that like? Can you talk a little bit about that? Looking back, I am thinking to about myself. Well, that was very brave. How did I do it? Well, I guess beginning of a book, Soul Divided, entering sentences, when life gives you challenge, you have no choice. You have to fight. So that time was, again, more of a searching for myself, my place, improving lifestyle. So I brought my three sons. They were eight-year-old twins and 10-year-old boys, um, son, uh, and we traveled. was also lots of help from my brother, from my friends, from all American peoples I met. I welcoming and very supportive everybody. Even schools, um, when we boys were small, all kind of support was provided from school. So that was very helping me to become be a single mom and raise three boys in absolute strange environment with not knowing language. They all had to learn language and then become part of the environment, part of the society. That's, that's excellent. Did you, how much did you already know English? Did, was it already, I mean, did you have, were you had a comfortable I, I Yes, I knew English, of course, practice, was not that much and beginning I was very slow speaker but again what we learn in childhood it's never being lost it always finds its way whatever time goes so uh, learning from school learning from university always kind of having my friends supporting my uh, language skills 
I quickly became more fluent. Eventually, every year I've been becoming better and better, I hope. <laughs> Most definitely. Excellent. Um, one of the things that uh, I've heard you reference is something called third culture kids. Could you talk, tell me what that means? Yes, third culture kid, this uh, phrase, I was introduced in 2015. This is the time when I was still kind of lost about the way I feel or the way my sons were feeling because we were not really fully, we were Georgians, but going to Georgia, they would tell, call us Americans. But in America, they called us Georgians. So we were still battling these identity values, like wait, who we are, where do we belong, which was very challenging questions. And when I was introduced this uh, phrase, I right away, I knew this was who we are. This is who we are, third culture kid. And this um, phrase was uh, in the 60s, developed by American uh, and two poor American expert um, ex uh, expatriates traveling to different countries, maybe ambassador families or missionary families or military families. They would take their children to Japan maybe or different China or different countries. Those children, even though they were supported with absolute um, in a school system or maybe psychological support or maybe cultural support. They were raised in the environment where original American culture was supported. Still, they would come back in the United States and they would find that they still carry original culture plus the culture they've been raised growing up. So that makes a person somewhat carrying two values. And the, when the original first book was published in the 60s and later, they realized on later years, numbers of third culture kid was growing. And in my opinion today, probably all, almost all of us are third culture kid because we mentally, even though we are in, let's say in one culture, never leaving land, technology puts us in so much uh, widespread of understanding. We all become this uh, belonging to different cult cultures and understanding those cultures better. That's excellent. That's, uh, you know, and it's, it is something that's of an experience. I mean, it's, uh, um, I can only imagine cause I'm, um, down the line, but my, uh, my dad was a son of Italian, of an Italian immigrant and, uh, who you know, was, was brought by his father. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it's interesting, the, the differences between my father and the difference in age from yeah. his next bro, you know, his brother's, and uh, sister, um, his experience was a lot different, I, I guess is my point, because he was the oldest son then at that time. And uh, so interesting. And my point is it, things from the, the language and so forth that continued. Do, you, do, you, do your sons um, have a kind of a combination of the language? Do they speak both languages? Uh, yes, and uh, connecting with your uh, comments and with the language, uh, I would uh, remember this when I was marrying American husband in 2008, he kind of gave me the uh, proposition that, oh, 
when you and your boys are Amer kind of becoming Americans, you should not speak Georgian and speak only English to become fluent because 200 years ago, when my great grandfather came to United States, he said, we don't speak German anymore. We will speak only English. And I told my husband, you know what? This was 200 years ago since then. Absolutely new era we live in. When that time language was important, English was important to become an American. Today we have so much different um, experiences. We cannot just limit ourselves losing previous culture and become something, something new because then you, we would not survive. So I had to make sure as a mother and as a value from my father's values and my gen like ancestors, I had to keep language. And yes, boys are speaking fluent Georgian language and they thank me today at, at age of 26 and 24. Uh, they thank me for my struggles, not giving up, letting them not to have Georgian language in them. Well, that's, that, that's, that's awesome. The, uh, um, and you know, and, and it is kind of interesting because there, there is that major change because I know like, uh, like you were describing with your husband and, uh, um, in the day of my, uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather, it was, uh, um, about leaving the world behind and coming yes. to a new world and right. starting again. And, uh, there was a huge emphasis on, and my dad spoke the language, but, uh, his, brothers and sisters had to learn the language on their own. And, uh, but that, um, very interesting. So, so thanks. I, I, you know, did you find an, I mean, as you, as you lived here longer and, and as you continue to, did you find a new love in America? I mean, how'd you deal with the, I mean, you've talked a little bit about this, but those cultural differences have to continue kind of to pop up, I would think over the years. Yes. Um, marrying the two different culture definitely was a challenge, which I did not realize from the beginning, just like who people who don't realize what immigration can be feel like. I did not really realize what could be marrying the different culture, especially more of a German culture uh, personality to Georgian laid back and creative and romantic and loving and all this, uh, which is kind of more of a clouds and flying. So things I would uh, time in Eastern European culture is not measured by money or uh, how I should say, we are more of a investing into relationships. When you come in the United States, especially 15 years ago, was more of a fast pace and everything was measured by money, 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 like every minute costs money in the United States. So it was learning process for both of us, me and my husband, uh, because we would be kind of, clashing to our values and I'm proud of myself. I was strong enough, not giving up again, my values, because then um, you are lo losing yourself and you maybe never recover who you are. I could, I could imagine that that would be a fear that uh, you kind of lose that, that part of you and uh, quite, quite interesting. So, you know, if someone were to read your book, is there a specific message that you hope that the readers will remember to take away after reading Soul, a Soul Divided? After reading Soul Divided, I would um, like 
for all readers, there is something to take with them. For emigrants especially, they sh I would like them to know they are not alone. We are all together in this challenging uh, journey of our lives because whatever reason each of us came from original country to finding new place and new uh, to find their happiness uh, like uh, economically or emotionally um, each of us going same challenge and it because we have feeling that we only one of us is going through this emotional challenge but no it's for everybody and it's okay because this is natural. Pain, missing homeland or pain of missing grandparents, it's a natural and it's normal to feel this way. And we kind of have to get um, not used to, but realize that this will have to deal. It's not easy. But for readers as foreigners, American readers, when they read, I would like them to realize that how blessing those are who don't have to flee from their homeland for any reasons how blessed they are to have families and relatives or places they are used to from their childhood or they are going easily to everywhere they have support from their culture they don't have to learn or survive into different culture so more of a appreciate all of us together, we need to appreciate whatever life gives us and just go on with it, love make it. it better. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. The, um, and I, and I think it's, it's loud and clear that, uh, you know, the idea of appreciating it and moving on and understanding, you know, it's, um, if we're kind of getting close to wrapping it up and I, I've got some extra time here. So I was wondering if, um, have you been, I mean, do you travel back and forth? I was blessed again to be able to travel back and forth. Um, and that's gave me probably survive. I survived because of that. And I would often say when I need air and water, I'm going back to my country. From beginning was the difficult to understand to my husband how, why I would have to travel so often. But then when he came uh, to my culture, met my people, met uh, values we were growing up, he told me, I would never ask you again why you want to go back. So yes, they, they were giving me so food of my soul. It, yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, I'm, in, I'm in Georgia in the United States. And um, uh -huh. In doing stuff on Instagram, I learned rather quickly. It was funny. I got followed by people from Georgia, your uh -huh. country. And, uh -huh. and so as a result of that, I've started putting the little flag, flag or I'll say U.S. next to it. Uh -huh. and it's it's yeah. cool because they'd follow and they show me pictures of, uh, of, you know, just gorgeous outdoor scenery and such. And it was really cool. So I've kind of connected with not... You know, just through uh, following through Georgia has been connected. Right. It's kind of funny and it, it's, it's neat, but it also taught me, Oh yeah, I guess I need to make sure I do that. Cause there's lots of other people yes. in there. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I had a, I had a kind of going back to something you said before uh, or the experience you had from the previous Soviet union and uh, what's going on today. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I've had uh, uh, having been a high school principal at one time, 
um, I had a couple staff members from different countries and one of, mm-hmm. one of mine was from, from Russia and, uh, you know, she decided to become a United States citizen. And it was interesting, mm-hmm. some of the problems she had um, yeah. with just the trying to leave Russia once in a while when they, re- when she was trying to become a citizen and they would delay her in the airport and stuff like this. It was quite interesting because um, she had some interesting ha- problems happen yeah. there. Yeah, but, many challenging experiences each of us had. Can imagine. What, uh, um, you know, in, uh, and what I'd like to do is uh, make sure that I, I say this. Bef- before we go, if, if someone wanted to find out more to connect with you, where would you send them? My um, website, macacartizer.com, uh, has many que- maybe answer- questions to be answered. Also, book can be found on amazon.com, and I'm working on my video audio book. So hopefully pretty soon that will be available too. Excellent. And I'll, and I'll make sure that I have that in my show notes. So those of you listening uh, will have uh, the website mm-hmm. and uh, the links to the book in, in the show notes. So good stuff. So I, I have a l- last couple of questions and uh, they go like this. Um, so the first one is, you know, when things get difficult or there are too many issues all coming at once, and I'm sure you had many of them in, in this transition. Um, Very many. <laughs> and you want to quit. How do you overcome those feelings? How, how do you keep going? And what helped you keep going? Um, uh, you know, uh, I thought about that kind of question myself and something inner power inside of me always had been. And many times, as you said, I had the challenges in front of me and the feeling of um, uh, I have to try on and uh, I have to go on ahead or, or was always pushing me ahead. And many times I've told my mom, I remember, I don't know what I will do, but I know I will do something to make it happen. So that inner power was pushing me ahead always through any challenges and I was keep going ahead. That's excellent. You have to kind of have that internal strength. And I can imagine just uh, some of the challenges that you faced really. Probably internal strengths and some instincts led me quite many years. I was not quite realizing why I was doing steps ahead, why I was not giving up. But now more and more I'm realizing internal power, internal voice, which all of us have, we have to listen was pushing me ahead. Excellent. Thank you. Um, last question goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given a chance to say thank you? Um, teacher, I would say, um, first of all, probably I'm going to name my dad because my dad is not only my father, but also he's age 92 right now and, and inspires and uh, encourages many people in Georgia, youngs or olders, with his hardworking habits and with, ho- with his truthfulness. So I think I've been um, continuing his road and he was number one uh, example for me to lead. And again, um, thinking about that question, I would say all my um, uh, Georgian people are very, uh, we were always, um, when even Georgian uh, Supra, we call Supra, which is kind of feast, but it has one main person, toast making person. And those toast makers 
were our life teachers, I should say, because we you spend time on these uh, feasts and you are learning for life experience. As far as the school teachers to remember, probably they had no um, courage to uh, loudly encourage our generation. And maybe um, more of our family was giving me that encouragement. Or again, one, I would say that in 12th century, we had a writer, his name is Shota Rustaveli. He's um, as big for Georgian culture as Shakespeare for English uh, Great Britain uh, people. So his poem full of, it's more than thousand tens. So his big poem is full of friendship, courage, love, um, everything. We would, this was our teacher. This was our light. We were following as a Georgians. So I would thank my dad and all my great people, ancestors or everybody. Though they were my teachers. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And uh, it's just, uh, um, it, it, I, the stories of your father and the, the, the magazine and just the different aspects of that and hearing that impact. That's, that's so cool. And then the, to hear the um, impact of uh, just um, every, you know, just part of your culture and the, the history and the impact of pre previous people. That, I, I love it. So um, Maka, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, this has been awesome learning about you and your family, your culture, your experience of coming to the United States and uh, especially about your book, a soul divided memoir of a modern immigrant. I want to remind the listeners that I'll have uh, uh, links to uh, her website as well as to uh, where you can get the book on Amazon and such. And uh, uh, Maga, wishing you the best in all that you do. Take care. Thank you very much, Stephen. Wish you the best as well. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. <laughs> expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.